0: Right. We got three beverages here today. What a time. One for energy, one for beer, another for beer. One's for hydrate what's the phrase? One's for hydration, one's for energy, one's for fun. Yeah. But two for fun. Yeah. Hey guys, you're listening to Drunken Uncultured. We are a drinking problem masquerading as a pop culture podcast. I'm Lindsay. I'm Stephanie. And I just realized there's stuff on your wall up here.
1: I. Has, how long has this been here? Um, I think we put it up the day of the party. So, oh, okay. exactly a week.
0: I just like looked up and I was like, whoa, when'd that get there? Uh, about a week ago. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, so, it's, it's no longer a serial killer prison no, cell. No, there was something behind us. There's like the
1: sticker? the sticker thing behind us. So, not always, but more or less was. It's no longer a serial killer jail cell. <laughs> In the room, this room specifically, yeah.
0: Um, yeah, so we're back for, I guess, a part two episode. It's part two episode, but it's the first episode of May, and I did not pull up my music list. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> oh, I didn't either. Fuck. The TBD. Hold, please. Um, I don't know. I guess before we start that, I can share. Yeah. I, I will have publicly said it by the time yeah. um, this comes out. But I got engaged. Hold for applause.
1: <laughs> Actually, I forgot that I was ever going to do a shot of molard. So do you want to do that now? And eh, we can do it after. Okay.
0: I need to wake up before I can have more. Yeah, it is only noon. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been awake for a while. But yeah, very exciting. The, the ring is pretty. Yes, it is very pretty. I'm very happy with it. Um. Yeah. So I don't know what else to share about being engaged. <laughs> I'm engaged. Sure. Uh, I mean, we are basically already common-law married at this point anyway, so it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, you're still happy about it. So. Yeah. So, yeah, that's new. Um, we also are drinking three beverages right now. Uh, well, I guess we have two that are open. We both have energy drinks because we're both tired. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> and I have my we coffee. have beer. Yeah. So, drinks. we'll be a little... We'll see how this goes. But, um... Yes, we are doing the two, the second part of the finding well, the th- second part of the Pixar episode focusing specifically on the 20th anniversary of Finding Nemo. Does that make anybody feel old knowing that Finding Nemo <sighs> is 20 years old? I was
1: talking to somebody about it recently and they're like not 20, like maybe 15 or 10. 2003.
0: And I was like no, 20. No, <laughs> yeah, 20. Um, yeah, so we're back with that, but it is the first episode of the month. Which feels weird to say because we're recording this early because I'm going on vacation. Um, So it's technically still April when we're recording this. Um, I'm going to talk about a couple of my favorite albums that came out in the month of April. So I'm going to start with the new album uh, from the the, uh, band Daughter. So Daughter is kind of like this um, soft indie band almost. They've released a lot of really cool stuff in the last 10 years or so. Like, I'm looking at them on Spotify right now, and it's, like, best indie of 2011. So they've been releasing music for a while. Um, they've almost been described as, like, cat, similar to, like, Cat Power or the XX. Mm-hmm. Kind of that era of music. Um, this is, how many albums do they have? Oh, boy, they have a bunch. I'm not going to count those. Anyways, this album is called Stereo Mind Game and it came out on April 7th. So I actually gave this album a perfect 10. Oh, wow. (laughs) Um, My only notes were literal perfection. This band is so amazing. So the lead singer has this like beautiful voice that she has these like almost very melancholy lyrics and Mm -hmm. like her voice really just like builds it. And like a lot of their music instrumentally has this like building feeling to it that it's just a beautiful, beautiful sound. So this album was absolutely amazing and lived up to all of the hype of their previous albums. Uh, the next album that I really enjoyed came out on April 14th. And it is, it is the new album from Temples, the psychedelic rock band. And this album is called Exotico. Um, the album kind of has, like, I, I, my note was that it had spring vibes the whole way through. It's got, like, this very, like, sunny kind yeah. of feel to it. It does have, like, that
1: summery yeah. aspect. Like, it feels like a beach yeah. album. Yeah. Like, what you listen to, like, going on a road trip or, yeah. like, going out to go swimming or, like, just kind of, like, when it's warm out.
0: Yeah. So we're going to be listening to a lot of this this summer. But the al- they say that the album has influences of psychedelia and time-bending dream pop. I mean, those are words. Those are words that the band <laughs> has actually put out about the album. Um, I would say
1: it kind of reminds me of, like, 2014 indie, like, that kind of, like, happy era. Yeah. Uh, like, when everything was coming out, and just kind of felt like a party. mm mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. And that's, like, sort of what that gives me.
0: Yeah. So, all of their albums, this is their fourth full-length album, have been slightly different sounding-wise. They used to sound less psychedelic and more like retro mm. 70s kind of rock yeah and then they've kind of like the hot motion that came out in 2019 was a little bit harder rock sounding but this album is just amazing yeah. love it it's very
1: nostalgic
0: yeah love it um they're coming to chicago in a couple months and i'm very excited to go see them because yeah, i yeah. saw them on the hot motion tour and it was amazing They're gonna play um at the metro with, with post, post animal. animal very excited my personal favorite local band Um, okay, let's talk about another album. So, another album that I really liked came out also on April 14th. What'd you give that one, sorry? Oh, a 10. Okay. I had to, like, it was so good. Okay, this is much harder to do on my phone than on my computer, so. Yeah, we started recording on Stephanie's computer instead of mine, because
1: mine's very loud. Um, so we're changing things up quite a bit. Normally I'd have like
0: your stuff pulled up as well Mm -hmm. and I can't even look at it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So the next album I want to talk about also came out on April 14th and it is the second full length album from this artist that goes by the name of Petite Noir. So they are like, um, they call their music Noir Wave, which is a stupid word. A word. So they they basically just explain their sound as um, a combination of a punk aesthetic with a little bit of R and B and a lot of African influences. Okay. So the artists themselves were raised and were born in Belgium, but raised in South Africa, and now they make music in Paris. Okay, so they're so in like the, world yes. music
1: vibes. Yes.
0: Um, it's very good if you're into, like, that little bit alternative R&B sound, mm-hmm. you know, a little Channel Trace, a little Thundercat. Love that. little Toro. Like, that's, like, a kind of uh, the com- most best comparison I can think of. Okay. And they've got a little bit of, like, pop influence. So if you're looking at their Spotify, it's also, it says fans also like A.B. Tear, okay. the lead singer of Animal Collective. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of got this, like, <clears throat> wide appeal, okay. basically. Very good. I love very- the lead singer of Animal Collector was named Panda. No, he's the drummer. No, he's not Panda? No. Oh. Noah? <laughs> no. Um, I mean, A.B. is not his name either. His name's <laughs> Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so this album was called, I didn't even say the name of the album, it's called Mother Father. Um, I actually, my notes were that it reminds me a lot of Eve's Tumor.
1: Okay.
0: But a little, if you were to take like an Eve's Tumor style and like add more of that world mm-hmm. sound to it which I feel like is a weird way to describe it, but you and I have been like seeing the phrase world pop come up a lot more yeah. in a lot of the music well, we're yeah, listening I mean, to. It's got elements it's of... Music influence
1: from various parts right. of the world. Like yeah. indigenous music more.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah, I gave it an 8. Very interesting. Very cool. Um, the next one... Uh, where am I looking? What client am I looking at? Did you give that an 8? I did. Okay. Uh, the next one came out on... April 21st. It's the new album from TV Party called Psychic Driving. It's got this little bit of like 80s goth rock vibe to it. Um, I actually feel like the lead singer, his vocal style kind of reminds me of Peter Murphy a little bit. So that's kind of, I think, where that sound comes from. Uh, Very cool. Very interesting. I gave it an 8. Okay. And the last one I want to talk about came out on April 28th. It is the new album from the National called The First Two Pages of Frankenstein. Um, this was a really good album. It's got a lot of really cool features and mm-hmm. it's got more features than I've ever seen a national album have.
1: Well, I feel like the national are kind of breaking like bl- not breaking, blowing up, especially. Like they're a big band to begin with. Right? Yeah, they're, they're
0: a huge band. They had that nice pitchfork.
1: But like their collaboration with Taylor Swift, I feel like, has kind of cemented yeah. like Aaron and his brother his twin. Yes. Um, kind of in like that musical production space. Exactly, yeah. Writing a musical production, and I feel like people want to work with him now after yeah. like, working so closely with Taylor Swift for yeah, so some really big album on
0: this album, it's got features from Sufjan Stevens, Phoebe Bridgers, and Taylor Swift. There's a song with right. her on the album. No, I um, that. It's a little bit more toned down. Well, it's only totally, like, the first part, too. Right, but so... I mean, it's like an hour long, so yeah, it's going to be a long thing, but... This album, compared to previous albums from the National, it's a little bit more toned down mm-hmm. in terms of like energy levels. So you're not going to have. It's not going to feel like um, it's more folky. sleep well, beast. It's not going to feel like any some of like their early stuff, right? It's kind of like more folky, like along yeah
1: the vein of what he did with folklore and evermore um with a little bit yeah kind
0: of like that soft indie yeah it's more i would call it more like the soft indie sound compared to like trouble will find me sleep well beast even you know i am easy to find so very good album i gave it a nine i love the national so much i'm seeing them twice on their upcoming tour so okay was that yeah it's all about five yes so sorry. cool um so let's get into the beer steph what are we drinking today we are drinking, hold on, i got to pull this back up again because can's not in front of me. Uh, it's called Chicago Common from King's Lager Brewing Company out in Oak Park. So one of your friends, one of Matt's friends brought Matt's this. Matt's cousin. Matt's cousin. I forgot who brought it. Matt's cousin brought this to your housewarming party. Okay, so it's a brewery close to where he lives. Yep. And he was like, we guys got to try this. So the na- this name is of like, uh, the brewery is kind of interesting, and we um, we were going back and forth on how to pronounce it, yep. and then I actually went on their website, and it says, what is King's Lager? Two words that delve deep into the core of what we are. It's the kinship towards their community, hence the kins, and then um, they are a lager-focused brewery, and they added the H to make their own mark, because they like to make everything
1: special. Their own. So yeah. King's
0: Lager, br- <laughs> Lager Brewing. So this is their Chicago Common, which is a rye beer. Um, they call it Chicago Common style, which also sounds made up, but whatever.
1: Yeah, the cans. Those can be words can be
0: this or names can be this. Yeah, I Uh, mean, it's a beer. You
1: can name it whatever you want.
0: So it's considered a rye beer. It's a reddish brownish color. It It has toasted malt, hint of spicy rye. Medium, full body, with pine and earthy hop flavor. Okay. Slight alcohol warming with a balanced finish, according to their website. It's got a very malty scent. Ooh, I get the little wormy feeling. Oh, I do too. You can, like, taste it. That's that's That's, really interesting. I actually
1: like that a lot. It's, like, almost like... It's toasted kind, lager
0: Yeah It's kind of got a little bit of everything Cause you mm-hmm. get the hops And the bitterness yeah. And the earthiness You get a little bit of sweet You get a little bit of bready And the malty You get it's a little bit of spicy It's like Oktoberfest Like a Like a little hoppier Oktoberfest Like a style Yeah Yeah, yeah.
1: Um which I, I mean, I love Marzins. I do too. Um, so it's kind I'm of all same. It's giving me like that breadiness from it yeah. too, but like a very light version of that. But mm. then there's also that bitterness, like you said, from the hops. Um, but then there's a malty. This is a really, this it's is a very really good light. beer. It is a really good beer.
0: I only think I've had beers from this brewery at like beer fests and stuff. I've mm. never actually been out there or, like bought any other stuff. So this was a good, this was a good gift. Yeah, it was a good gift. Um, no, I like this a lot. All right, three words. I would say earthy, I'm going to say warming, and I'm going to say bready. I'm going to say piney, Um, I'm going to say malty, and then
1: balanced. Nice. Cool. So let's get into the episode. We're talking finding Nemo for 20 years. It makes me feel old as
0: hell. Yeah, I got to pull this up on my phone now because I can't read. All right. So some little, so we've already said Finding Nemo came out May 30th of 2003. A uh, little bit of background. The pre-production of this film began in 1997. And the inspiration came from, that the director had and like the writer, um, it came from experiences of his childhood when he would go to the dentist and see the fish tank, okay. assuming the fish were from the ocean and wanted to go home. And to ensure that all of the movements of the fish and anything underwater was believable, the animators had to study fish biology and oceanography. They visited aquariums and went diving in Hawaii and went and like had lectures about fish behavior and stuff. Um, The Pixar animators integrated specifically for Dory, fish movements, human movements and facial expressions to give them like a more of like a real character feel. And that they started developing Dory animation. And then that kind of was like how they were spun mm-hmm. off and they're like, this is great. We're going to use this for the rest of the film. Um, what else is fun to say? um the production designer created pastel drawings to give like up every shot so that the lighting crew knew like what to do which feels like a lot of work mm-hmm. but you can like feel like watching this movie you can feel the amount of effort that all of the crew put in to make this yeah, because this movie is stunning to look it absolutely at. Absolutely, is yeah, and it's like so heartwarming and well thought out and heartfelt and sad and happy, and it takes you on the range of emotions. It really does,
1: um, and the characters are so well developed. Oh yeah, I think this is the big one for me. Is um, it's not just none of the characters are one dimensional. They no. all have like a purpose. They all have motivation and like more than just their core need for their them to be there. There's like an actual an actual. um like personality behind
0: each of them. A mm-hmm. um, couple of, Oh, I did not, I put this in my notes and I totally forgot about this. So um, the, the plot is very similar to this book, I guess, called parrot. the." T- it's, oh, I can't <laughs> pronounce this. It's a French book. So I cannot pronounce this, but it's like Pierrette, um the clownfish basically. And it's, uh, so it's a French children's book, and it's about a clownfish. Um, and they said they act, the writer of the book actually sued Disney for copyright infringement of his intellectual rights. And um, he was trying to bar Finding Nemo from being released in France.
1: Okay.
0: Um, the judge actually ruled against him, and specifically citing the color differences between Nemo and this other clownfish. So it's not – it doesn't look the same. That's Mm -hmm. Therefore, like, it's – they were like, well, it's not. It's not the same, so. (laughs) It's a slightly different
1: clownfish. Um, (laughs) So Andrew Stanton's pitch, um, I just read, to Pixar was apparently, like, super exhaustive, very long. Mm -hmm. And they – at the end of the pitch, their way of saying yes was – you had us at fish. <laughs> That's so So cute. like just the idea of the fish movie, like the movie being about fish, I think was yeah. what hooked them. That's actually really cute. I agree. Um, I think another fun fact that I was reading about was, um, so we were talking about like how well the characterization of like these characters are mm-hmm. and how much, how well, how much they worked to get like the actions and the movement of fish to be realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, Apparently, when they were studying these fish, they couldn't get over the fact that, like, I mean, fish have dull eyes. They're mm-hmm. not very expressive. Mm-hmm. So they, instead of basing and modeling the fish eyes off of actual fish, mm-hmm. they modeled them off, off of dogs. Interesting. Yeah. I did not know so that. So they were, they were, like, studying dogs and, like, watching dog facial expressions to be able to put
0: those onto, like, the fish faces yeah. to give them more expression and more, like, emotion. I just still can't get over, like, how much in general pixar animators go through for like every single film i feel right. like there's this whole story of like oh we had to study this one thing and then go do all of right. these experiences before we could even work on this yeah so i just find like the process the of dedication the animation yeah. to the craft yeah i mean it it shows we've talked about it we talked about it last time these movies are fucking amazing yeah but that is so interesting i did i mean i kind of thought they were more modeled off of like human expression but i never thought about Another animal? Yeah. yeah. I was, I always assumed it was like a human
1: expression, yeah. but I think to get the animal kingdom aspect of it right, yeah. they, they decided to use another animal, which I think is interesting.
0: Yeah. So um, one thing I did not know that I'm reading about right now, um, Dory as a character was going to be a male mm-hmm. fish, but um, the director, uh, Stan- Andrew Stanton, was like watching an episode of Ellen and he said that I watched her change the subject five times before finishing one sentence. And then he literally wrote Dory for Ellen. Okay. Because of this one episode of her show that he watched. Interesting. Yeah. Um,
1: so I was reading that um, apparently the CEO of Disney thought finding an email would be a failure. I mean, it sounds like the CEO of Disney thinks all of these movies are going to be failures. (laughs) So, um, basically he predicted that this movie was going to be a reality check for Pixar. Um, because uh, like, this is the first time I think the first time he thought they were going to fail and, Mm -hmm. um, they actually apparently wanted them to fail because it would be helpful during contract renegotiations Mm -hmm. with Pixar. Um, However, it was Pixar's highest grossing film at the time. Yeah. um, And it would remain the highest grossing film until Toy Story 3. Yeah, Finding Nemo is a
0: great movie.
1: Um, Apparently, the highest grossing film ever from Pixar, um, I don't know how old this article is, but at the time that this article was written was, and I think we talked about, it's probably not the same thing. This is 2018. Um, So up until 2018 was Finding Dory, which I think now it's Toy
0: Story 4. I think it's Toy Story 4... The Incredibles 2 and Finding Dory are like the three highest. Yeah, I think you're right. But also, I mean, that's not necessarily adjusted for inflation either, so. True. Um, another fun fact,
1: Megan Mullaly was supposed to be a character.
0: I just saw that here too. I have that in my notes that she, they wanted her to do her voice from Will and Grace and she said no, so they, they cut her. Yeah. yeah. Um, Gil was supposed to be, Gil the (laughs) Hotfish
1: was supposed to be a villain. (laughs) He looks kind of like a villain. He does, and I think that's interesting. Um, because he definitely does look like a villain. And um the original cut left it more ambiguous about like whether or not he was on the Nemo side.
0: Mm-hmm. So um I have a note about um Bruce the Shark. So uh, it's they literally only put the shark in in reference to the um, Universal Ride Jaws. Mm-hmm. And, um, the shark they had used on the set of Jaws was, um, named Bruce after the Steven Spielberg's divorce lawyer. So that's where the name Bruce came from. I love that. Steven Spielberg's divorce lawyer. <laughs>
1: um, I'm on an article that talks about the scientifically accurate aspects of okay. finding email. So, um... One of the ones is Marlin and Nemo, both are clownfish. They each have three stripes outlined outlined in black and look like carbon copies of each other. Um, it says that there's 30 recognized species of clownfish. Marlin and Nemo are the Ocellaris clownfish, um, a type that live in sea anemones, just like the movie. And then it kind of explains that Coral Nemo's mom and Marlin had over 400 baby fish eggs. Um, and on average, clownfish can lay up to a thousand eggs, but they lay between 100 and 1,000. Um, and they do lay their eggs near their sea anemone or coral habitats. Mm-hmm. Bruce has several rows of animated teeth, or animated... Yeah, teeth in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, which is accurate for what great whites actually have. Uh, they typically have around 300 feet and constantly shredding and growing new. Dory becomes fascinated by a glowing light that belongs to an anglerfish. Um... Which isn't, like, an actual thing that Englishers yeah, yeah, do, yeah. the growing, glowing lore. Um, they must swim through a trench in the ocean to get to Sydney, Australia. Um, based on where they, like, came from, they would have had to swim through, like, uh, like a submarine canyon to get to Australia. So, like, that's accurate based on, like, the geographical nature. Yeah. Um, it says... <clears throat> Marlin must get through a sea of jellyfish in the film to save Dory. Um, but then it says a sting of a del- jellyfish can be deadly, but not for a clownfish because they're in the same phylum as sea anemones.
0: Um, and that's why Marlin's like re- saying that he's fine, but Dory's like exactly because they have like on.
1: a they have like a, a mucus membrane mm-hmm. on them that helps them to not get like stung by the anemone. Um, he was able. That's like the scientific reason for why he mm-hmm. was able to get through that. Um, and then there's more of it. They're not as interesting. That's fun. Um, sorry, another one that's interesting. Dory speaks whale in finding Nemo. Um, it says whales and fish do communicate by speaking their own language. Um, so they whales communicate with sonar waves, which is part of echolocation. Um, but fish also can communicate through specific sounds that allow them to like also communicate
0: with whales, apparently. The more you know. Um, This is really interesting. So obviously, we've talked before that one of the things Pixar is really well known for is like their development of hair and cloth on the various characters. Mm -hmm. So they used that same specific software design to create any of like the anemones in the movie. And that's why they have that like sense of motion. Yeah. Yeah,
1: that makes sense.
0: uh one of the technical leads, his exact quote is, somebody said, hey, on Monsters, Inc., they're doing fur, so why don't we take a tennis ball, stick a bunch of foot-long fur on it, and turn the gravity upside down? And we're like, oh, wow. We had an anemone the next day. <laughs> um, do you remember –
1: I maybe – I don't remember, but like when this when Finding Nemo came out, do you remember like the sudden uptick in people wanting – Clownfish? Um, clownfish, Yeah. And like, um, spotted. Whatever Dory is? It's like a spotted something. Yeah. yeah. I think it's called, like, Dories. Um, do you remember that, though? Oh, I do. Blue Lang. Blue Tang. Um, there was a huge uptick. I remember them, like, did Pixar having to come out and be like, the whole don't. movie is about, like, respecting the environment. Yeah. And this whole thing starts because of a poacher. Like, don't
0: don't do it. Yeah. Who? Uh, what is like your favorite scene or like memory you have of like bits of Finding Nemo? Like of the movie or
1: like In of the movie. how it? Okay. Yeah, I think Squirt and Crush when they're like on the current and Squirt. Okay, so the uh, <laughs> uh, Crush being like, "You so totally rock, right, dude," um, yeah. and then like. Just Squirt being the cutest little, like, character, like, flying out and then coming back in, like, yelling, like, woo! Yeah. Um, I loved Squirt. I think that was, like, probably the most memorable thing to me is because he was so adorable. Yeah. Like, in a movie full of cute characters. It's one of, like, the animator's kids, I think, that voiced Squirt. Oh, really? Mm. I think in, like, a movie
0: of very cute characters, like, Squirt just stands out to me. The turtles in general. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the scene where they're initiating Nemo into the fish tank. Yeah. <laughs> <hoo-ha-ha>. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that one's fun. Shark bait. hoo-ha-ha. That one's fun. Um, I also find, like, the, 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 in general, like, the, um, the fish tank is super funny to me that whole scene.
0: Any or other any, scenes any, and the any fish scenes tank. Yeah.
1: Like, <laughs> the starfish being like, the sun is shining, the tank is clean, the tank is clean! <laughs> I, feel I feel like, like I, That's something
0: I actually say I and do like say reference that. all the time.
1: <laughs> and it, I can't even think of a context where I would be like, the sun is shining, the
0: tank is clean. I think, no, literally, that's like a thing that just goes through my head <laughs> all the time. No,
1: I know, and I can't think of like why, I think it's other than just saying the sun is shining when the sun is out. <laughs> but that is also, that's probably one of my most quoted lines from the movie, yeah. the sun is shining, the tank
0: is clean. Yeah, oh my god, that's so <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. I wanna rewatch this movie now. I love it so much. It's such a good it's movie. It's so there's also so many just like super sad moments in it too, <laughs> that it's we're talking about how funny it is, but at the same time it's so fucking sad. So that's a fun and interesting thing that you bring up, because
1: from what I understand and what I've read, the the backstory about Coral dying wasn't initially going to be told in the beginning like it is. Oh, okay. It was um supposed to be, like, dispersed throughout the movie sporadically Mm -hmm. so that, like, you learn the backstory as it's As it's progressing. And I think the way that they did it with it being told all up front was the way to do it because it kind of, like, gets you sad, but then you get, like, way more hope as you see, like, the life that Nemo has with his dad, and then, like, it kind of breaks you down again when he gets kidnapped or taken. Yeah. So I think that, like, the way that they ended up telling it, but I, I agree, like... That's kind of the same model they use for Finding Dory, where yeah. they tell you the sad bit up front, and, like, I cry in the first ten minutes of it when yeah. Dory's, like, lost. Um, yeah, I think that it is a sad movie, but overall, it's, like, mostly happy.
0: Yeah. Um, I also really love the, like, school, mm-hmm. like, the other, like, little mini fish in yeah. the school.
1: Oh, you made me ink.
0: You touched the butt. <laughs> touched the butt. That's...
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the little babies are so funny. Like, the yeah. six-year-olds, because they're yeah. actually all
0: supposed to be, like, six. Yeah. Um, I think they're all... And they all bright. ride on the back of their teacher. Yeah, the, Banneray. the, the Banneray, Yeah. I also love, like, the scenes with the sharks.
1: Mm-hmm. Fish are friends, not food.
0: That's another one of the lines from this I think about a lot. Fish are friends? Not food, yeah. Yeah. Um... I'm
1: looking up some of the quotes. I feel like the just keep swimming thing was a big... Yeah. After it came out, people would be like, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, uh, which was
0: annoying. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, it was. Um,
1: I just keep thinking, aw, you made me (laughs) (laughs) eat. Oh, I mean, the one I just remembered is um, <laughs> when Dory's, like, telling Marlon to follow her and then, like, she forgets and he's following her and she just gets pissed and goes, like, you got a problem, buddy? Huh? Do you? Do you?" <laughs> Great line.
0: Great moment. The other one I feel like people said a lot was the, I shall call him squishy and he shall be mine and he shall be my squishy was a big one. Yeah. I also um, I regularly in my like work group text with like my boss and the other directors, mm-hmm. um, I send the like seagulls mm-hmm. the, the mind. Yeah <laughs> <laughs> It's morning we're on the same fucking link. Yeah, we are. <laughs> it's morning everyone <laughs> Oh, I also thinking of the starfish though, I like that, um, or it's not the starfish, it's the other fish that's like looking at her reflection. Oh, uh, well. She, yeah. And her sister. Yeah.
1: <laughs> she doesn't talk much. Um, unless you can't find her when the tank is dirty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the other one I just remembered uh, because of this slang, is the escape. And when Dory's like, I can read it, it says escape. That's funny, it's spelled just like escape.
0: <laughs> That. Everyone else. Be just be as gross glow. as just be as gross as possible. Think dirty thoughts. <laughs> I also love that in um one of the fish tank scenes, they're like, oh, what do we got today? Root canal? <laughs> they like know what's going on. Yep. By looks of like it, it's gonna be a doozy. <laughs> that dentist is fucking insane. There's like the, the guy screaming. Yep. Yeah. And like, his legs are shaking in the area. (laughs) I don't know why, but that specific scene reminds me of, um, in Little Shop of Horror, the Because I'm a Dentist song Mm -hmm. that Steve Martin sings, where he's, like, destroying all of his patients. I don't know why that makes me
1: think about that. Um, Um, do you want to talk about the hot fish? We didn't really talk about it last episode that much. We talked a little bit about it. We talked about the hot fish. You said you were going to come back to it.
0: Yeah, because we're actually talking about it today. Um... So the hot fish, people Gil. Then, People think gill
1: is hot. Well, so question. Just as you're listening to this, when I said the hot fish, what fish did you think about? Because if you thought about a specific fish in the movie, then you are physically attracted
0: to fish. You read that on Tumblr, so I absolutely I can, did <laughs> that one. I've seen before. You can't. You can't Chernobyl your way out of this one.
1: <laughs> I forgot I told you about that. <laughs> the funniest joke that you thought I ever made was just a meme I was quoting. <laughs> oh,
0: you can't <laughs> Chernobyl your way out of this. Um, yeah, but people, you can even go on Reddit and I've seen it on Honestly, Reddit. Honestly, you
1: could type in hot fish from Finding Nemo and the when Gil pops up. There's a
0: lot of discussion of like why do people think the fish is hot and no one gets an actual answer. He's the bad boy. It's truly because of Will Dafal because his whole fussy got put into that character. <laughs> I hate when you say that so much. A pussy? Yeah.
1: <laughs> does that give you the ink?
0: Yeah, <laughs> it does. Um, There's a poll on Reddit from two years ago that said Gil from Finding Nemo, hot or not? And more people said not than hot. 20 people. That's the difference. This poll wow. consisted of not a large sample set. Do you want to see the most cursed thing on the internet today? Oh God, no! What the fuck? It just says a hot fish. Of course, it's that's it. on fucking deviant art. These fucking people, get out of here! <laughs> get out of here with that! Do not be drawing fan art of the fish <laughs> from fish. Finding Nemo. <laughs> you do not need to anthropomorphize. Is that a word? Um, I mean, it sounds like a word. <laughs> It's when you give, like, human characteristics. No, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I think it's a
1: word. Unless I did Twitter, so I can't search. I bet there's
0: really good tweets about it, though. I'm just not on Twitter. Anthropomorphic. Anthropomorphism.
1: I think anthropomorphize is the right word. Yeah. Oh, my God. There's this YouTube edit that says Gil being hot for eight minutes straight. The internet
0: is a cursed place. Yeah. Oh God. Well, that was miserable. Well, there's
1: eight minutes of it. So,
0: well, that was miserable. We didn't even get through the whole thing.
1: No, but the fan edit. I kind of want to watch it just because I think it's really funny. Like it's, it's, I, I got can got look the, into his eyes. I've got
0: not. the ick real hard right now. Um, yeah, we're not gonna. We're not. That's bad. Uh.
1: That's real bad. <laughs>
0: Oh boy, that's bad.
1: Yeah, that was not good. Uh, is there anything else you want? No,
0: we. You've ruined my mood to talk about this. <laughs> I no longer want to talk about this movie because <laughs> I showed you a, a really cringy fan <laughs> at it. Actually, you no. Know, the DVR, the Art thing, is what really uh, turned me off. All right. So, Well, wait.
1: I'm gonna Do you check have something one else thing.
0: terrible to show me? I'm going to check one more thing. Do you like tormenting me like this? I'm sorry, does, is that does, a is question? This, does this bring you joy? Is that a question? I'm oh no, you're not going on ale-free.
1: I just want to see how many there are about Gil. <laughs> Did you search Finding Nemo? There are. Oh, there's only 15 works. Do better. There's only 15 <laughs> fictions about Gil.
0: Um Oh no. Oh no
1: <sighs> I don't wanna know. I don't wanna know. <laughs> the number two on here is Nemo Voyers, Japato's Felatio. <laughs> what in the fuck? It's a crossover of Pinocchio. I got that. And Cursed. Um, Honestly, can I read you some of the tags? No, please don't. Um, Outside of the characters, it says voyeurism, smut, fluff and smut, gay sex, oral sex, rough sex, rimming, blowjobs, threesome, bestiality, interspecies sex. I'm
0: sorry, (laughs) someone fucks the fish. (laughs) Asked about does someone (laughs) fuck the fish? Kidnapping, farming. Does does someone fuck the fish? You haven't answered me. (laughs) I don't know. Oh, yes. (laughs) So reading the the
1: caption, it says... (laughs) Does one (laughs) open up to accept the other? (laughs) (laughs) The caption says, Kidnapped, Nemo the Clownfish is forced to watch as Geppetto gets freaky with his pet fish, Cleo. Will he give in to his desires and join them? Read all about it. (laughs)
0: It does not end with read all about it? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <coughs> the internet is a very me. bad place. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll put that down on the list of things I didn't need to know existed. Oh my god. That's the worst one for
1: my tell. There's also a crossover with
0: Dream from whatever that streamer is. It, it, you are literally <laughs> crying right now. <laughs> Lindsay has laughed so hard that she has started crying. There's, like, a, sh- a Twitch streamer crossover. That's GMO. horrible. Ugh.
1: Yeah, people, I, I mean, I love AO3, but, oh, my God, this is my search history now.
0: <laughs> um... <laughs> Now you're just going to be seeing a bunch of targeted shit about the fish for oh, Nemo um, and potentially <laughs> fish fucking.
1: The reader, you're, you're
0: going to be on a watch list now. Lindsay, <laughs> you have searched, you have looked at something that had people fucking fish, and now you are going to be on a, wa- a watch. No, you can't list. say it like that. <laughs> I searched something, and then that's
1: what popped up.
0: You can't say I looked for that. <laughs> Um, they're going to send you back to Canada. Like, you got to go. <laughs> so this bitch has got to go, go. Right to jail. <laughs> straight
1: straight jail. to jail. Uh, the read all about it is honestly what killed me. Um,
0: now, I, w- I don't know why you looking that up makes me want to look up. Remember the evergreen barge in the Suez Canal? <laughs> there's, there's things on AO3 about that. People will honestly
1: write fan fictions about anything, and the fact that it exists is what makes me hate life.
0: <laughs> and this is why I want to jump out of the- well, I, I probably wouldn't die if I jumped out of the window at over. Um, this is why I want to jump out of the window of a tall building some days. Over four stories. Yeah. We're only on the fourth story, so. Okay.
1: Yeah, you wouldn't- you'd be a little bit higher than that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, guys, for reading those to you. <laughs> But if you um want to read it, it's on AO3. <laughs> yeah. Do you have anything else after that really sad note that I just... No, you're,
0: you're continuing to dig yourself into a deeper hole of me not wanting to see anything that you pull up on your phone. No, I know, but do you want to say anything else? No. No, just the ick? <laughs> just, ugh, it's terrible. All right,
1: so with that, on that on that really dark note...
0: Jesus Christ. Um... That was terrible. Um, please go on your favorite podcast streaming service and give us a five-star rating. Stephanie doesn't want to do the podcast anymore. I, I think I might be. <laughs> this quite, might be the This might be, this the, might end. be the last episode ever. <laughs> this might be the last time I step foot in this apartment. Uh, we're not going to get beers together after this. I'm taking my energy drinks home with me. Like, you're you're done. <laughs> Friendship over. <laughs>
1: Um,
0: go leave us a rating listen to the song to contact us I need to get out of this room (laughs) (laughs) okay bye guys you know the drill (laughs) all right
1: that was the episode so we love hearing from you Um, and if you want to contact us you can do so through our email address. It is drunkanduncultured at gmail.com.
0: We are also on Facebook at Drunk and Uncultured Podcast. Our Instagram is drunkanduncultured. And our Twitter is drunkuncultured.
1: No and. And as always, I'm Lindsay, and you can find me on Twitter,
0: Instagram, and untapped at Out. And I'm Stephanie, and you can find me on untapped, Instagram. Twitter and Tumblr as underscore Stefan color and you can also follow my concert Instagram at shittyconcertblog stay drunk guys see you next time